0: Cofield & Company, live on the road.
1: 5 o'clock hours here. We're at DLC in Henderson. Hey, important reminder, really cool event going down tomorrow. You know, VGK is playing the Rangers this evening over at the Fortress. Uh, tomorrow with uh, Stefano's Greek and Mediterranean Grill opening up a new location on Blue Diamond and Cater. You can go celebrate the opening with a meet-and-greet with PGK forward Paul Cotter, just coming off a game against the Bruins with a couple of goals. He's been a stud in the shootouts. 3 o'clock, Paul Cotter, Vegas Golden Knight, will be on the scene, shaking hands, kissing babies. I don't know about the kissing babies part. Signing swag, and you can check out uh, Stefano's great Greek and Mediterranean food, shawarmas, falafels, kebabs, the whole nine yards. Decatur. And Blue Diamond. Paul Cotter, Golden Knights, on the scene at Stefanos. So today, press conference for Barry Odom. He's the new head coach of the Rebel football program. That's who Eric Harper tabbed in about a week-long search. So he has the press conference today. We did a special show for about an hour after the press conference. Odom sat down with Caleb Herring, who's here co-hosting today. With Cofield and Company, also John Von Tobel, who's on the Rebel football broadcast, and we started off this part of the conversation with Barry Odom, the new Rebels football head coach, asking him, "Hey, how important is it to quickly get a staff in place?"
2: Well, I think number one, you've got to find a, a tremendous teachers as coaches because you've always got to adjust to your skill set of your roster. So that'll be at the forefront of, of my mind. I know it's a, a big hire and getting the offensive coordinator, get it right. Uh, I've also had success with that. Josh Heupel was my first offensive coordinator I hired. He's turned out doing pretty good. Um, so there's an uh, the ability to connect and understand how important that position is for me, because I am I'm labeled a defensive guy. Okay, but we're going to score points. The four years I was a head coach, we were eighth, ninth, thirteenth in the country our first three years in in scoring points in total offense. And we understand in the game of college football, you got to be able to score points and win the game.
3: So, uh, you know, I'm really interested, I think that was the thing that stuck out in your introduction was essentially saying, well, I want these guys to stay here. Uh, in your mindset when you're coming into a new program, there's different approaches, right? There's, I want to do things my way and I'm going to yeah. bring in my guys, and then there's bringing these guys back into the fold. What goes into that mindset of saying, you know, I need you guys yeah. to stick around here to build this thing?
2: Well, they're, they're invested into this place, and I want them to just trust me, and I've got to earn that, but I want them to give me time to show how we're going to get this done. and and. You know, the the portal has, has changed our, our world on, you know, every team are going to have portal entries. That's going to happen. I, I, I don't like, I don't want to lose one guy. I want the current roster that we've got, I want to go build it with them as the core nucleus. That's my belief. Because I think as soon as you start getting into, okay, well, one leaves, we get one in. Well, are we just going to get him till December and then he's gone? You know, may not have the true investment into our program. But also look that competitively, there's going to be opportunities that guys want to come here. I mean, I, I, I know that because I've got communication. You know, the guys have gone have that. you got to find the right fit, and I don't want to divide the locker room on what these guys have already got built we're going to be uh, very strategic in how we approach building the roster.
3: So at, at Missouri, right, you were defense coordinator, then you get the head coaching job. What's kind of the difference now? And right, you were part of that team, you were part of that staff, and then you get to the top of it. What's the difference in now coming to a new market, new community and taking over a new program?
2: Yeah, really excited about it because I think we can develop our brand. Uh, there were a lot of things at, at Mizzou that that were in place, which was awesome. And, you know, Gary Pinkle got inducted to the Hall of Fame last night. Absolutely a Hall of Fame coach and and my biggest mentor. Uh, So I was trying to carry that torch and and do the the things that we needed to do to continue that success. I think here, uh, with the opportunity that's there on um, starting over in some ways in some areas, uh, excited about trying to find ways to build it and build it creatively to make sure that we've got a competitive advantage.
1: Barry Odom's with us, new head coach of uh, UNLV football. So you said during the press conference when the job opened up, you made a call almost immediately, hey, I have some interest. So what did you know about UNLV football, and why were you interested in it?
2: Well, number one, uh, I did. I reached out with, I think it was a text message uh, early to to Eric, and uh, they said I was interested if if it was an open search. And, you know, you never know when a job comes open if there's already a hire made and how that goes. So uh, I wanted him to know that I was interested uh, because I didn't want him to assume that for some reason I wouldn't be. I was interested in, in this place because of him, okay? because of the ability with the city of Vegas, with geographic location, also with the opportunity in this conference. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of how this, the, the season went last year. I haven't studied enough film on it. You win five games, you're not that far away. Um, i also believe with really strong conviction that you can recruit high level elite players here and i think with the, with that opportunity and the resources that are here the opportunities that uh we can we can ramp this up pretty quick
1: any hesitation on a region change and you know one of the big questions of fans is hey you know barry odom hasn't really been in this region and traditionally mlv yeah. has recruited california texas utah hawaii right. um so you know, what goes into
2: that process where are like, hey, I'm going to have to change some things. I haven't been there. Yeah, I think, number one, you, you identify uh, with very organized structure on what you want your roster to look like. You identify players that fit that, and then it's this relationship building. And it's about giving in a high school to the coach, to the parent, to the guardian. You give them faith, hope, vision, and belief on what we're going to – Turn their young man into in competitively, academically, socially, and you give them the, the picture. You paint the picture on what it's going to be, and it doesn't matter if it's in New York or if it's in Hawaii or where it is. It's about relationship building on making sure they understand why it's the best fit uh, for their for their kid. So, do you have to have people on the staff or recruiting coordinators who you know may be familiar with Arizona and California? Do you have to have those regional ties? I think it's important that you do, yes, sir. And I don't think I don't think that it's uh, required. Um, a requirement, but we got to have some of that flavor for sure.
4: One of the big things in this press conference that was from the president, Yadi, to yourself was the community and really bringing the community into the fold with what's happening at UNLV and the opportunity. Also, another key term that you used was the opportunity before us. What do you see the relationships in the community being and how can you build them and develop them going forward?
2: I want it, I want it to be Vegas's team. I mean, that you know, and that's easy to say. You got to go do it. And all this, you, you've got to go earn it. and. Uh, the involvement is so important because the this the entertainment the value that's already in this marketplace why not make it the best in college football in those worlds because there's not another there's not another college football team that can claim Vegas so that's us and we've got to go do it
4: And with that, do you look at the other things, the other entertainments, the Raiders and all the other sports in town and just the Strip itself as competition? Or how can you be, I guess, in collaboration with that new energy that's now flowing through the city? It is exciting
2: competition and one that we've got to work together with. I mean, it's got to be a partnership and developing relationships and working at it and the success that those organizations have had. We've got to we've got to ride on that. We've got to sell it. We've got to use it. And that's that's a reason that that I'm here.
1: Barry Odom is with us, new head coach of UNLV football. Intro press conference done just a couple of minutes ago. We have a few more minutes with the coach. Uh, the other thing, you know, taking a job in Vegas. Vegas has a certain image. You know, yep. people think it's not a family-friendly place. It is. Uh, we've all been here or grew up here, so we know the city. But... Uh, for you and your family and I'd actually like you to, to repeat uh, who's in your family for the audience if they didn't hear the press conference and
2: then you know your thought process of hey now I'm going to have my family in Vegas which has a reputation. Well they're excited about being here. They're excited about the opportunity they, they know what they've read about Vegas, not, not anything else. So to get the feet on the ground and understand and really see it, that was an important part for me. Uh, my wife and I met in college. We've been married 22 years. Uh, I've got an older son that is a senior in high school. He'll finish his high school career uh, back in Arkansas, and he's making the decision on where to go to school. He's going to be a college football player. He's got opportunities, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, they just got beat in the state championship. A week ago, Saturday night. So they had a great high school career and, uh, and great experience there. Uh, my middle son's a sophomore in high school. Uh, he plays quarterback, and um, I don't know how I raised a quarterback with a defensive guy, <laughs> but but we did. Um, and so he'll he'll transition out here pretty quick once we. Get identified, kind of where we're gonna live and school that he goes to, and then I've got a a, we have a seven year old daughter uh, that runs the show, and she's in charge, and uh, so we're we're excited about the opportunity to be be here. Uh, We're excited about being involved uh, in the community. In, in every way that, that, that the head coach's wife can be she's going to be at the forefront of, of helping in every way that we can.
3: Outside of the recruiting story that you mentioned no other Vegas experience like you your wife coming out here or experiencing the town? Not for radio. No. I
1: <laughs> well I want you to explain that recruiting story again uh, so you have seen the Fortita Football Center and it wasn't like this week you had seen it in the past. I was
2: uh, here this spring recruiting uh, obviously for the other, you know, the, uh, for the University of Arkansas when I was here. And, and uh, I had a little bit of time between when my last visit, I hit as many high schools as I could that day, and then I uh, was headed to the airport, and I knew I had just enough time. I was just going to drive by uh, through campus and just see what it looked like. And um, anyway, I ended up with another right turn and a right turn, and all of a sudden I was right in the middle of the... Uh, football complex's parking lot yeah i'm here look at my wife i got a little bit of time here not much time but just enough time i gonna go see if the doors open there was nobody there uh i don't know it was strange so the door opened up i walked in checked out the lobby uh (laughs) this is impressive uh really well done showed the support of of what is here And then I ended up walking through, walked through the weight room, which leads to the practice fields. And I came up and ended up finding a staircase and went upstairs. And at that point, somebody walked out and they said, hey, you know, are you looking for somebody? (laughs) And... My story was over. I said, no, not really. Just kind of checking it out. The, well, the front door's down there. So. <laughs> well,
1: coach is definitely crafty because I don't think any of us have ever gotten into that building. No, it's, without it's going tight. through like five security yeah, checks.
3: Yeah, so, <laughs> somebody's <laughs> opening the door, asking why you're there. Right? It's ridiculous. Yeah. It, was, it was the timing. It, yeah, it could have been better. It, 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 it was aligned the, the right way. There it is. No no That's uh, awesome.
1: Barry Odom's with us. Um, I don't know the – I know Arkansas has well attended the games. I, I can't remember if, uh, if Mizzou always has great attendance here attendance has been an issue now that we've got this gigantic stadium it's 57,000 it's configured for UNLV games for about 37,000 it's always uh, I think it's always part of the job here at UNLV basketball and football to kind of get people fired up um how
2: do you do that you know without taking away from your main duties which are the football duties well number one the CEO of of the program you we got to wear a lot of hats but the importance of is preparing our student-athletes to go play well if you do that there's going to be people that want to be part of it. So that's one component of that. It's also, I've got to do a tremendous job on being involved in the city. I've got to make the connections and make the relationships real that they want to be part of us. I I want people to come watch us practice and see how we structure that. I want them to be invested in us. We're going to invest in them. And then if you do those things and you play really good ball, Attendance will be right where it's supposed to be.
1: It will be. Because Caleb can tell you from watching what happened with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. If you win. Nope. They will come.
4: That's right. That, that, is, that is absolutely true. When you win, they come. Um, and then, obviously, the awareness of that as the CEO, as the head coach, you've had experience in the past as a head coach, but you're a defensive guy at heart. So, with what you just said about head coaching and the responsibilities outside of the football field. Yeah. How important now is it, or how how can you configure your role on the field where you're not always X and O's and always yeah. worried about the, the the play call sheet and nose down in that when you got some other stuff to take care of?
2: That's that's one thing that that I believe um, that I've learned more about myself than anything other. Um, the you know the first time uh, that I was a head coach there. There's not a manual that they give you and say, "Okay, this issue turns, you know, comes up. Turn to page seven. There's the answer." Right. There's no substitute for the experience that I have had now as an SEC head coach. I think now I'm I'm not saying I've got it all figured out, but I'm more at peace. I've got a a a very good mindset on what the
3: balance needs to look like and the importance that I need to pour into every area. So you're known as a defensive guy uh, for for fans of the program what are they going to expect to see on the field from a defensive standpoint when they uh, when they get to go out there next year
2: yeah we'll get to the point that it's a group that plays with tremendous energy they play together they play hard they play smart and tough they're disciplined they're attacking um we're not going to be a team that sits in just four down and sits there and plays cover two all day we're going to be multiple we've got to be uh you got to be able to match up athletes. You know, An offense gets gets all the players, right? So we, we're working with uh, a different group. They're going to be hungry. They're going to play hard together. They're going to play the rel- relentlessly in pursuit of playing winning football. My favorite question of the press
1: conference today was actually the student media person who was like, uh, enough of all this other stuff around the program. <laughs> Let's start doing X's and O's. And we love Caleb especially. He's great on X's yeah. and O's, and we love talking yeah. X's and O's. So does John. And uh, just so you know, well, for now we'll see what happens next year. You know, it's never <laughs> official, but we actually host, uh, co-host the coaches show with the play-by-play boys. Oh, cool, uh, okay. Russ Langer. So we try to talk a lot of X's and O's. Um, this rock i will jump into it. Right, I know you got a lot of stuff to get to, but uh, this roster was built for a three-four. Mm-hmm. So what happens in that transition? What kind of defense do you play, yep. and how do you adjust?
2: Well, you look at, at at my history. We've we've been this year. We were an odd front three-down team for the most part. Same thing last year and the year before. I got and really created some of that. Um, through my experiences at Memphis. When I got to Memphis, I was the defensive coordinator there, walked in the first team meeting. We had like 41 guys in the entire team during that time. Um, So we had our first breakout meetings. There were five total defensive linemen on the roster. Like, well, we're going to have to try to find a way to to put our best players on the team. So that's how some of the three-down stuff evolved for me. When I went back to Missouri as a coordinator, it was more of a third-down package. But I think the way that you've got to match up uh, schematically against what offenses are doing and spread attacks, then a lot of times the odd front three-down stuff, three-high safety look is so multiple, and you can do a number of
4: things out of it. And I, From a quarterback perspective, and this I don't want to get too much X in those. We're just, we're just getting to know you here. But <laughs> quarterback perspective, I always found it harder to look at three-down lineups and say let's figure this out because of that multiplicity.
2: Think about the, the, the pre-snap design, Okay, yep. where your eyes went as a quarterback. The things that we're trying to do on the other side is make you play left-handed and take away what you do really well and you can do it by populating numbers in how you align pre-snap.
3: That's fun stuff.
4: I, like I don't we don't have much we time. We need to, we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> we we'll get time. after. <laughs> we'll That's get awesome.
3: after. Yes sir. Yep.
1: So last one cuz I know you have a no good jump. Well, in, I was just just in.
3: really yeah. curious, you know, obviously we're talking defense. What's your vision for this team offensively? We've when got to be we've got
2: to be explosive. Okay, we've got to be able to spread the field and get the ball to the playmakers in space. We also need to establish the run. Because you look at, at, at Arkansas the last couple of years, and I don't know when the head coach and the offense coordinator, but we led the SEC in rushing in the last two years. I think Ole Miss might have passed us this year. We're top five in the country. Okay? Um, you can be a spread attack and run the ball. Okay? It's quarterback run game that's being effective in the way that, that you get a numbers count in the box, or you're handing it off, or you're throwing it in the RPO world. Um, it's one of these days I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become the coordinator of officials, okay, <laughs> once after I retire, and I'm going to flip the rules back from being offensive rules to, to back to a fair there game. It is, there it is. But you've got so all the things that affect me in a, in a yeah. terrible way and don't let me sleep uh, on how to defend, that's what we're going to do on offense. But you also build around your skill set, and it all goes through the quarterback. Last one for Barry Odom, the new head
1: coach of UNLV football. we got like a minute here. Um, coaches come in here oftentimes and they say, hey, w- w- it's all about winning, sure. right? And then all of a sudden they look at the roster, the situation, they're like, oh, boy. And then the their narrative changes. Um, this is a team that went 1-10 in 10 the last two years in one-score games. Mm-hmm. A lot of close. That means they were in a lot of games. That's right. So I heard you mention there's an urgency to win. Can you explain that to Rebel fans about, you know, when you look at this program, um, you don't expect to go back to two wins and do a rebuild?
2: Yeah, the thing that, you know, you've got once you make a statement, it's out there. Okay? So now the process and the urgency of building that to make sure you get in those one-score games and you turn the tide in your favor. I'm a firm believer that those things happen on your habits and they start in the off-season program and they carry out through the summer and spring ball and all those things because your habits will end up defining you in crunch time. So, we've got to make the point where our margin of error is zero. Okay, starting off, I get that. Turnover margin's got to be in our favor. We've got to have a tremendous kicking game. We've got to take care of the football and we've got to play on defense on being aggressive enough, not getting up explosive plays and scores. It also comes down to the mindset and the mental toughness of a team and how close we are together to fight when it comes into a moment of you're winning the game or you're losing the game. So the urgency for me to get that message to our team Uh, has been fast and furious since we started yesterday at 2.30.
1: There he is, Barry Odom, UNLV football head coach. Uh, Lengthy conversation. If uh, you want to hear the entire conversation, you actually go up to uh, Twitter. And uh, we sent some links out earlier. That was about a, like I said, 20-minute conversation. We gave you about 15, 16 minutes of it. Good convo. Um, We have a lot of news to get into with uh, the UNLV football program because as – you know Odom is being introduced there are kids thinking hey what am I going to do he met with I think five of the players this morning we got you updated on on that front because I talked to Doug Brumfield today who gave positive news to Rebels fans but we just saw another guy go into the transfer portal so we'll react to what we saw and heard with Barry Odom and talk a little bit about the Rebels rosters are getting ready for a UNLV basketball game
0: in Henderson at the DLC. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All-Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All-Access on Twitter. I don't know that he deserved to be fired, but I don't know that he was the right hire in the first place. So I think this is a good opportunity for him to really establish his own program, his own identity in an area that there's not all kinds of preconceived notions and, and frankly, preconceived relationships going on all around him. You're listening to Cofield & Company on ESPN Las Vegas. That was Saran Petro, our Midwest expert, WHB
1: radio in Kansas City, yesterday with us talking about Barry Odom, as we're finding out more and more about the new UNLV football coach, and uh, you know he was saying there, Odom got bumped up to head coach after Gary Pinkle was done at Missouri, and he was on the Pinkle staff, and yeah, it was a tough job for him. He uh, he achieved okay. He went twenty-five and twenty-five in the uh, playing in the SEC with a record of thirteen and nineteen in conference. But you know, when you get bumped up at a job, it's following a legend. It's a tough gig. He's got a fresh start after three years as a uh, DC at. Arkansas I thought he hit key points today of it's winning time he answered the are you going to recruit
4: locally well what do you think of what he said as far as making it clear that the best players in the valley are going to stay home basically and and winning those recruits I think that was huge I think it, and it was big for 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 a couple of reasons it wasn't the generic we want to recruit high schools here in las Vegas that I mean that's that's well and good but I, I don't think Realistically, and this is the realistic angle of his answer, um, everybody just because they're from Las Vegas should not automatically be gifted a UNLV scholarship or a roster spot at UNLV. And I think that is sometimes gets lost. A lot of whoa, people. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa! Watch <laughs> yourself here. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I I completely agree with you. I I think you have to service the high schools locally, absolutely, and, and give it a try, but. A lot of the coaches and so many of them did it anonymously, which I think is kinda weak, who were getting on Arroyo, there's different ways of building a program and I've mentioned it a bunch of times before. I've been around programs that had really negative energy in their local market or state. Right. And the coach just decided, you know what, I gotta win first before I can get back in the good graces. Like they're not gonna autumn I'm not gonna go bang my head against the wall. So if I need to go to in that case it was hey, you know, I'm going to go to New York and Pennsylvania and Florida and Maryland, and I'm going to get guys, and I'm going to win. Whether the coaches here want to cooperate or not or whether I can overcome negativity locally, I'm going to win with players from somewhere. So and that, that the reset sounds- button is hit, and it was actually Chris Matthews who was asking the question, and Chris is very he's very hyped up about that. Um, listen, I think they have to recruit locally. It's, it is painful to see, especially, like, three stars leave. And then yeah. what you want to do, if you're going to, when you draw a fence around Vegas, I think it's going to be really hard. Unless you are winning at a high level, to get you know four stars, five stars, but three stars should not be going to Boise, CSU, and then thriving there,
4: and and San Diego State, right? Like you got to stop that, yeah, and that's absolutely, and that's I think what more the focus is is you have to have a presence there, and I think a lot of people look at the roster at UNLV and say there is not enough Vegas kids on the UNLV roster. That's, I mean, that's. That's one thing that's down to the player's decision. It's, there's a lot of other factors that go to why they actually don't get through the door at UNLV. But I think more importantly, it's that we're going to put the effort in. And so that's it's two different sides of the same coin, but we're going to put the effort in to make sure that, hey, if there does develop into you know one of the local high schools, Liberty or, or Valley or whatever the case may be in the, in the community, if they do have a five-star caliber recruit, it's not going to be – oh, they're out of here, they're going to Bama. That's not going to be normal. It's going to be we have a relationship. We know this. We have a relationship with the coaching staff, the administration at the high school where we're in contention with those five-star guys should they develop at one of our local high schools. That is, that's the key. Getting the guys that are good enough to make your college better and if they happen to be locally, now having your name in the hat is one of the top five potential suitors from the college standpoint to actually land them and be in contention for those names. It's, that's, I think, the goal of local recruiting.
0: Join Cofield and Company on Thursdays for the live 2-to-5 show at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. During all NFL games this season, get 77-cent beers. It's Thursday night football at Silver 7's Flamingo in Paradise. Now, back to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: As always, out and about here in Las Vegas, we're on the road for a UNLV running Rebel game in Henderson. Dollar Loan Center is the location. This is a one-off with the rodeo in town. Hawaii is here to take on the running Rebels. Uh, big news in uh, Rebel football land is they name a new coach. We got the Las Vegas Bowl on the way. We want to talk some CFP, get a little more insight. Uh, back to the Vegas Bowl on the uh, the SEC. And Chris Doring played in the league. He works for the SEC Network. He's nice enough to give us a couple minutes here on Cofield and Company. Sir, how are you?
5: I'm good, man. Good to be on with you guys. Looking forward to being out in Vegas here in a couple weeks.
1: Are you a Vegas guy?
5: Dude, I'm a huge Vegas guy. That's why. So my my uh, my alma mater, the University of Florida, getting selected to play in uh, the Las Vegas Bowl was great consolation for a 6-6 six six season. And since uh, my network duties have me busy every week and I haven't seen a Florida game in person forever, so there was no chance. That I wasn't going to uh, miss the opportunity to come to Vegas and watch the Gators play, man.
1: So when we mentioned you're a Vegas guy, what do you like to do when you come here? Because I gotta say, I know, I know your uh, your history, or at least uh, your uh, proclivity to work out a lot. I know you're a fitness freak, all jacked up. Um, <laughs> do you, like, do you let loose? Or you're like, let me have some fattening food in Vegas.
5: Oh man, no, I love the love the food, love the uh, the party scene. You know, I probably consume way more cal- uh, calories through, uh, <laughs> liquid consumption than I would, uh, eating any food out there. But, um, yeah, I love, I love all the party stuff. I love the, the blackjack tables. It's just, uh, it's, uh, ever been drugs. I think I have every other possible addiction there is, you know, yeah. so I think it, 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 plays to everything else i like to do, man.
1: It's a cool place. I'm, uh, I'm hosting the show today with, uh, One of our UNLV broadcasters, uh, his name is Caleb Herring. He played quarterback at UNLV, so I'm going to get Caleb in here in a second. But I wanted to get your reaction on Barry Odom, SEC guy, Mizzou, then Arkansas. What's your reaction around the SEC that Barry Odom's like, you know what, I'm going to try something new. Let me go west and take over UNLV.
5: I was shocked when I saw the news of that. um, UNLV gets a great, great coach, man. This guy, I've had a chance to follow his career for a long time in the SEC here now, dating back to the days as a Uh, defensive coordinator at Missouri before getting the head coaching job, and and then obviously he's done a tremendous job the last few years at Arkansas. Their defense was down a little bit this year, but the thing that really struck me when he came in as part of Sam Pittman's staff uh, three years ago or so is how quickly that defense went from kind of being a joke to being so well coached. The detail, attention to detail, the alignment, the assignment. Uh, soundness, uh, just a a big difference. that starts with him, and, and this is a guy that that played at Missouri as well. He's played in in uh, the college level, can speak to it firsthand. I think you get instant credibility when you have that sort of uh, background and the resume that he has coming from the SEC is going to help him get even more credibility there.
4: Coming from the SEC is looked at as a positive. I think everybody could say, like football wise, especially the SEC is just different, right? The way the way football is played, the culture there. In the South is just football is on another level. How how easy or difficult may it be to sort of translate that culture, that football culture, to a different region, to a different location uh, for a new head coach?
5: Yeah, I'm interested to see how that uh, plays out. You know, I think that's an interesting point. And, and you know, where does he choose to, to you know, recruit from? What's the, the, the concentric circles that he utilizes? Is it more out in that part of the country, or does he go back to some of the – the roots and the connections that he's had you know over his time in the sec but i think vegas kind of sells itself as we talked about before so i I do think you know in this day and age with the transfer portal the ability to go get guys and fill holes immediately you can take a a roster and and turn it over really quickly so i I think um you know i believe in his ability to not only coach the the details but to create the culture that you need to be a, a successful program
4: And then going back to that, you talk about the way that the SEC is building. People have said it's a uh, trench-dominated conference where building through the offensive line, defensive line is the key. Can you see his scheme maybe being, you know, as a defensive guy, can you see the schemes that he's had in the past being successful without necessarily having the trench mob or the the guys in in the interior being as dominant a force as they were in the SEC?
5: yeah I, I do. I, I, going back to uh, the Arkansas uh, situation of a couple years ago he inherited that roster. It wasn't like you know, he brought a bunch of, uh, of those big four daddies you need on the defensive line and, and you know basically inherited and, and coached up guys that were on the roster that uh, played really well. I mean you go back and, and look at uh, the position that he played in college was linebacker. They've had some really good linebackers uh, over the last few years there at Arkansas Grant Morgan. Uh, Hayden Henry. Uh, look at the, at this year, what they did with Bumper Pool, who's been there the last couple of years. Like, that's a a position of strength that I think he'll definitely be able to uh, to help. Again, coach from a firsthand perspective. Uh, but I do think you know he, it's not necessarily about having to have those SEC defensive lines that you, you typically come to see. More about uh, scheme and and developments and and uh, finding the right guys to fit what you're trying to do schematically.
1: Chris Dorings with us, former Flyer, uh, Florida receiver, uh, covers the SEC. If you had a UNLV fan walk up to you, tweet at you, whatever, and they're like, "Hey, uh, you know Barry Odom at Missouri, twenty-five and twenty-five. What's the deal? Like, really? Is this an upgrade? How do you respond?"
5: Well, I think you go back and look, and, and um, you know that was coming on the heels of some of the the best years of uh, Missouri's program. Gary Pinkle brought them to the SEC back-to-back appearances in the uh, SEC title game. Uh, Barry Odom was on that staff as the defensive coordinator. Um, and I, I do think it's uh, it's a difficult league, you know, to be able to, to sustain success. And um, I think you were talking about at that time, there was a lot of issues, if you remember, on campus, yep. uh, some, some racial things that were taking place. So I, I don't know if it was the best, most congruent uh, environment for success, but uh, he navigated it well and those teams. You know, they didn't quit. That's the thing that stood out to me is that there was not a lot of quit in the, the, the players. They uh, rallied. In fact, in a couple of those seasons, you know, they turned what we're looking about to be disastrous years where you thought he might be fired and uh, went on a couple of uh, significant, what, four, three, four four-game runs at a time. So I think he has the ability to motivate, relate, and, uh, and get guys to believe.
1: So you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Chris, that, you know, disappointing uh, six and six or you were disappointed in a six and six season where are the fans right now in terms of postseason excitement are that they're gonna be a bunch of Gator fans coming out to Vegas
5: you know what I think if, if Florida was going to Tampa again to play in in the bowl over there if they were going to you know one of the other closer areas that aren't quite as lucrative I, I, I don't think you have the same sort of excitement um, obviously, we've talked an awful lot here lately about the, uh, the transfer portal with uh, Gator uh, players not only electing to, to go elsewhere there, but uh, Anthony Richardson electing to go to the NFL draft. Um, but I think there still is an excitement because you get a chance to go, one, to Vegas to watch Florida play in a state-of-the-art stadium there that um, you know, I think everybody's kind of curious about. I'm looking forward just to getting out there, experiencing that, I'm going to stay and go to Raiders game the next day so I think there's a lot of draws for this bowl game for Florida fans outside of just you know getting a chance to watch your team play the final game of the 2022 season
4: do you think that there's a draw for players also to want to participate because that's been kind of a, a recurring theme since the college football playoff that bowl games maybe have lost meaning to the players does the destination impact maybe the players staying and participating in their senior years but instead of declaring for the draft before the bowl game
5: Yeah, I mean, I would think even uh, the word is uh, Javon Dexter, Florida's big uh, defensive lineman, uh, who said he's going to the NFL, uh, has already said he's planning on playing in this game. So I think you're already seeing it there. Guys wanting to have one last opportunity with their teammates in a fun environment, uh, getting a chance to uh, strap it on in the stadium that we wouldn't typically uh, get a chance to play in. So I do think that appeal... Well, not only you know get a guy like Javon Dexter to play, but I think there'll be other guys on the roster that uh, would play where they wouldn't if they were going to, again, Mobile or Birmingham or somewhere like that. That's maybe not as uh, as as attractive as what Vegas is.
1: Well, the Gators better bring it because Oregon State's a good football team, and they will have thousands, if not tens of thousands, of fans at the game. They're excited. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of a connection between some of their former players at Oregon State and Vegas. What do you think of the Oregon State side?
5: Yeah, they've been uh, impressive this year. You know, I, I think we all kind of saw that last game of the season where they uh, found a way to come back from the deficit they were uh, behind with against Oregon and uh, marveled at the way they did it with the quarterback, you know, only throwing a couple times in the second half. So they're, they're a physical team that can run the football. I think it's going to be a good challenge for Florida. And, and one of the things that's excited me about what Billy Napier has instilled in this team in his first year in Gainesville has been their, their fight, their resiliency. Um, haven't always won, but they have not... There, there hasn't been that capitulation that you've seen in the past with with uh, Florida teams in the in the recent uh, years where uh, they start to hang their head. They get that bad body language when things don't go right. I think even that, you know the first game of the season you you, you fall uh, behind late when Utah gets a, uh, a late touchdown. Florida scores. Utah goes back down the field about to stick it in the end zone and Florida's able to get an interception to seal the game. So you, you, you've seen that fight. It's paid off some. At other times, they, they they haven't been able to pull it out, but I do think this team will show up ready to play, ready to compete, and understand what it means to throw that, that Gator uniform on one more time.
1: Las Vegas Bowl coming up on the 17th. Chris Doering is coming out for the game. It's on ESPN. He played wide receiver at Florida. His Gators are in against Oregon State. You can grab your tickets at LVBowl.com. That's LVBowl.com. Before we get you out of here, got to get your take on the CFP. All right, it's Georgia against the World. So which one of these three teams matches up best against the Bulldogs? Who can knock them off?
5: It's interesting that you, you say it matches up the best. I think Michigan is the most like them. I think you, you see a lot of similarities with the way that those teams are built in terms of uh, offensive line, You know, some of the, the personnel packages, the way they want to run the football primarily and take some shots off of, of play action. Um, but I think in terms of what may give them the biggest, Headache is the team they actually drew. Uh playing against Ohio State was not something I think Georgia fans were anticipating heading into the championship weekend. I think in all honesty they would have much rather seen USC come in, uh, because their their defense is nothing near what Ohio State is. I know Ohio State didn't look great in the final game of the season against Michigan, but yeah, I think they're better than what they represented, and certainly that receiving core is going to be the best that they've played all year. Florida, uh, excuse me, Georgia played a pretty good group of wide receivers against Tennessee, pretty much locked those guys down. We're incredibly physical with them, tried to, to play a lot of press coverage, disrupting the, the releases of the wideouts and timing with the quarterbacks. I think you'll see a lot of the similar type game plan that they used in stopping Tennessee when they go up against Ohio State on New Year's Eve.
1: Chris is with us. Great job, great job. We had an Oregon State grad on earlier. He's uh, one of our attorney friends. Very smart guy. You dropped in, capitulate and congruent with the Florida education. That that, I mean, that, that, may, have, that may have that may beat him
5: out. Yeah, we we're a number. I think we're number four in the uh, in the country in, in public universities. So I did get. I am proud of my my diploma. Uh, and and every chance we get a chance to make fun of Florida State and how uh, second rate <laughs> they are, and this, they will uh, take that opportunity too. Well,
1: I'll just tell you, uh, Caleb Herring is like the mayor of Las Vegas. So if you need anything <laughs> in Vegas in terms of hookups, I'll uh, give uh, you know give uh, you his cell, and then uh, he'll hook Please. you up, right?
4: Just just say Will that pass the, that along. Yeah, pa- I'll board, pass it, it along. Hang him. You'll be on my list well, of, of people that get everywhere. So
1: actually, <laughs> the real statement to make is Caleb doubles as a corrections officer at the city jail. <laughs> so you might have to call. Be careful, okay? Please ex- don't get out of control. Also,
4: I- I'll, I'll, I'll would, a good hookup. I'll also a good be, hook up. Very super beneficial. Well.
1: Believe me, I'll be leaning <laughs> on that at some point. I've known him for a while. I'll be leaning on him at some point. Chris, thank you so much. Appreciate the spot, especially on short notice.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Look forward to being out there in Vegas.
1: There you go. Chris Doring, former walk-on at Florida, big dude, 6'4". Uh, turned out to be an all-SEC wide receiver his senior year. Really good on the SEC network. So you can hear, you know, we talked to Dan Mullen yesterday, former Florida coach. He loves Vegas. Uh, Doring's all fired up. So I hope, I hope the Gator crowd uh, shows up, travels, you know, unique opportunity for the SEC to come out west and no better place than the Las Vegas Bowl.
4: I, I always love the the matchups because we always hear so so much throughout the season about, you know, which conference is the better, and SEC has been dominant and all this. But when the two styles meet up, and I'm talking about West Coast style, when you thought about Pac-12, Pac-12, SEC, I always like to watch those matchups during the bowl season to see kind of where things measure up because if you listen to people throughout the year, you'd think it's like light years, like, like that there's no chance that the, the Pac-12 can hold a candle to any team from the SEC. But these kind of matchups kind of really give you a better barometer. Obviously top heavy in the SEC, you think about them and Georgia and that. But the middle of the pac teams like Florida and obviously in the Pac-12 like Oregon State, those teams I think tell you a lot about what the conference is and how you know competitive the conferences are. So I think focusing on the playoffs is good. But we miss some of this stuff when you talk about the overall picture of bowl games and what they actually bring to markets like Las Vegas, four teams like Florida who never get to come out west like this. Oregon it's State, huge. yeah, Oregon it's State, huge.
1: you know, almost never makes bowl games. They've been, you know, kind of rough lately. So, like I said, uh, Justin Watkins leading the way. Uh, Beaver fan, I called them the Ducks earlier. I don't know. I heard that. How's I don't mad? know
4: how he let you walk away from him.
1: I know. I should have been knocked out or, <laughs> in his case, double leg. He was a he was a big wrestler. Hey, this weekend. Good chance to uh, watch some World Cup soccer as it's going on. You can watch with uh, Bischoff as they'll be hanging out at Parkway Tavern in the district right down the road from where we are at uh, Dollar Loan Center uh, right here in Green Valley, right down the road. I mean, it is literally across the street, right? Uh, World Cup specials like 4 bucks on Miller and Coors Light. Uh, drafts, uh, Modelo drafts are 5 Bucks bucket specials as well. 11 o'clock on Saturday. 11 o'clock on Saturday, Fronts against England, it's all brought to you by Finley Toyota and the Valley Auto Mall, but Parkway Tavern, your spot on Saturday to watch World Cup soccer with off, and they'll have plenty of prizes as well.
0: Join Cofield and Company on Fridays for the 3-6 to six show at the Golden Circle Sports Book and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. <coughs> Cofield and Company presents
1: <laughs>
0: Grab Bag
2: Don't touch it don't even look
0: at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas.
1: There is too much to get into to close this show. So we'll do our best, right? Yep. Uh, first, want to remind you Runner Rebels are coming up at. 7 o'clock, 6.30, with running Rebel warm-up with John and Curtis. Hawaii is in town. Interesting opponent, very good defensive team. So we'll see how the Rebels uh, defend and how their guards control what Hawaii does on offense. The line right now is eight. Rebels yesterday were six and a half. It's now eight. Eight. Uh, one injury of note, Isaiah Cottrell still out, hometown hero, coming back from West Virginia, Bishop Gorman guy. Still in that walking boot on the right foot. He got a couple of minutes in the Life Pacific game, felt something, so they put him back in the boot. So he will not be playing. Back in the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. It's funny, you and I were just talking during the break about Deion Sanders and Colorado, and what a weird experience it's going to be there with LaPortal and bringing his you know different players in, and then – The battle against the academic department and how public he's going to make everything like it was one thing at Jackson State, but now he's in the Pac-12. So it's a good experiment. I don't think it'll work. Um, I didn't love the message of telling everyone to go on the portal like, bro, you're going to need like 40 of the guys to stay around to to build the program. You think it is going to work out long term? not long term okay. i think you
4: they can enjoy some a, a spike immediately there's two things that had an issue with, well more than two but there's a few things that had an issue with big time one was not telling the players that they may want to hit the transporter I actually ap- appreciate the transparency there but the way he did it one that was a team meeting not the press conference not his introductory right. press conference that was not supposed to be for cameras It's not supposed to be for public concern. Everything's for the cameras now. And that's exactly the problem with having somebody who's larger than life like Coach Prime. He is bigger than your program right now. He can bully anybody he wants at the program right now. Now, until he maybe doesn't win immediately and doubt creeps in, then you can challenge anything that you don't like about what he's doing. But right now, Prime is Colorado football. And I don't know that you want to be in that situation as an AD or president of university going forward. He is the law right now. He can say whatever he wants and get away with it because he's larger in, larger than life, and that's the name that he's built for himself.
1: Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, speaking of the portal, we talked to uh, Doug Brumfield, the UNLV quarterback, this morning. I mean, he told us that he's staying around. He committed to Vegas. He's still committed to Vegas, so that's good news if that holds up. I, I, don't, I take everything with the transfer portal with a grain of salt. I believe Doug Brumfield will stay around, but I, I don't know. Um, Aiden Robbins went in. Or announced he went in about an hour ago. He's the running back. He just rushed for over a thousand yards. Transfer in from Louisville, and you'll notice I'm going to be consistent on this until I see a kid commit somewhere else. I will almost always write he's in the portal for now. Yeah, because I don't, I don't, I have no idea if if he's talked to Odom, if Odom has recruited him. Like the coach just got here. Lots of things change with the portal once the coach and the staff are here.
4: And that's, to me, the timing of it comes a little bit weird because, you know, Kyle and No Williams both entered the portal before the hire was announced. Aiden looks like he made the decision after the hire was announced. I don't know if he's one of the few players that has actually already spoken to Odom. We, we don't know that. I will take what you just said, and I wish that players who enter would have the same mindset when they decide to enter the portal. Um, Aiden has done it, and I've seen other players do in the past, where it seems like a farewell note to their current university. That's not the case. You're entering free agency. You could very well end up back at UNLV, i.e., Doug Brumfield, who ended up after going in the spring back at UNLV. Don't start severing ties too pre- prematurely. Don't burn bridges before you leave. Yeah, bow out gracefully, but this ain't a goodbye. You're just entering the free agency portal to kind of test the waters a little bit.
1: I don't think that's the case with Robbins. He just wrote it a certain way. Robbins is a really quality kid, so I hope he, I hope he stays around. All right, basketball game coming up. Caleb, thank you so much for coming down here. I'm uh, hitting the floor. I'm getting a pretzel. I'm listening to Pop Smoke. Let's do it.